Hello, Patriots. Welcome back to Survival Defense Tactics, helping you take care of yourself so others won't have to. If you get a chance, go to anchor.fm, sign up for listener support. If you like my YouTube channel under the same title, please click the like and share. Today's podcast is titled Multiple Stream Income. So what is multiple stream income? Let me give you two examples of what they, one of what it could be that I don't agree with, and then the main topic as to why or what I think it is. Picture for a, for a second that you're a, a stockbroker, and let's say you have $1,000 you're going to invest in the market. Now, one idea of multiple stream income would be to take, say, 25% of that $1,000 and invest in United Airlines. 25% in McDonald's, 25% in AT&T, and then the last 25% in Johnson & Johnson. Now, if one of those companies tanks, you're okay, because you've still got the other three that you're investing in that could turn around and do really well. Now, that's one idea of multiple stream of income, and that's kind of the one I don't agree with, because it all falls back on the one occupation occupation of being a stockbroker. Now, my opinion of what multiple stream income in income is, is what I do, what I actually personally do myself. And I'll get into that later. The, the next question I want to ask is, why would you want to do multiple streams of income? Now, let's say, for example, you have a your day job, your regular you know, breadwinning job. Maybe you hate it or there's something about it that you're not comfortable with. Every morning when you get up to go to work, you just kind of dread it. You know, it's no fun. It's, well, it's a job. And it's, it's not truly something you enjoy. A multiple stream of income would give you the opportunity to eventually break away from that and do something that you would prefer to do. And now, in order to get started in all this, Let's go over some advantages and disadvantages of multiple stream income. Now, keep in mind, this whole podcast is dedicated to what I do. So I'm going to be giving you examples from my personal experience. There are other ways you can fashion multiple stream income to fit your needs, but this is how it works for me. Some of the disadvantages of multiple stream income, I don't have a 401k retirement. I don't have company-sponsored insurance, and pretty much every bit of work that I do is 1099, which means you're responsible for your own taxes. So there are drawbacks to doing this, unless you get lucky, and your multiple stream income idea is with companies that would provide you some form of 401k or, or insurance, and they, of course, keep, keep track of all your taxes for you and send you the paperwork at the end of the year, so on and so on. So now that we've got the, the scary part out of the way, what is the advantage of doing this? Well, being your own boss. If you think about it, if you're one of your ideas of being your own boss and having your own streams of income coming in is, I don't know, web design or something that you can do from home in front of your computer, something that doesn't require you to travel from place to place, and actually physically meet people. This is a, a job you could roll out of bed in the morning and do your work in your pajamas if you wanted to. 
I mean, think about it. You don't have to have to get dressed up to go anywhere. Why not be comfortable while you work? There, there's no point in being in stiff, itchy clothes if you don't have to be. So being your own boss is, is really the biggest benefit of this. You can set your own hours, pick the jobs you want, don't do the ones you don't want, so on, so on. So how would you get started in multiple stream income? This is where it gets kind of interesting. You need to get a pen and paper out when you get ready to do this. And you need to sit down and think about things you enjoy doing. Like, for example, do you enjoy baking? Do you enjoy yard work? Maybe you're a small engine guy and you love to tinker on small engines. Just what is it that you you enjoy doing? Not necessarily what you're getting paid to do right now, but what would you like to get paid to do later? Now, as you sit down and you think about all these, what would you like to do and you know what would you enjoy doing? You have to ask yourself, is every single endeavor that you are going to do going to be a success? The answer is no. But that doesn't mean don't try. There are too many times people break into something half-heartedly and they fail because they didn't put 100% of themselves into it. Or on the other side of the coin, they get surprised because they find out they have a natural knack for it. And it just takes off. You're not going to know until you actually try and, and do it. You've got to put yourself into it and at least give it some effort. If you plan on any form of success or the, the ultimate failure, you have to know if whatever you tried did not work, you have to know that you put yourself into it and did your best. And if it falls flat on its face, you tried and you tried your best. So there's no shame in that. What I would recommend doing is take your pen and paper, sit down and write a list of about five jobs you would enjoy and then rate them in order from one to five. One being the one that you would enjoy the absolute most and number five being the one you still think you would enjoy, but eh, I'm still not sure about, but it still sounds fun. That would be number five. When you get these all wrote down, Move off to the side of each one of them and write at least one reason why you think you would enjoy doing that for a living. That reason will be your motivation to move forward into doing that one particular job. And then move down the list, go to number two, same thing. Write at least one reason beside it why you think you would enjoy that. Keep this list handy as you start moving towards the multiple stream income. Even if you don't plan on leaving your day job and you just want what they call a side hustle, a part-time job on the side, but not necessarily one where you go punch another time clock, one that you get to do at your readiness, when you're ready to do it, at the amount of time you want to invest into it. That's the whole purpose of a multiple stream income, doing it at your convenience, not somebody else's. And this is how you make it work for you. As you break into your multiple stream income, also known as a side hustle, be prepared for a very slow start. Success does not happen overnight. And if it did, if you're already doing a side hustle and you started it and it took off like wildfire, I commend you. Keep up the good work. But in all honesty, be prepared for a very slow start and build it. 
I'll explain more about that later when I tell you what I do for a living. You, you may actually be surprised when you find out what my side hustles are. Believe it or not, podcasting for me is a hobby. It is not necessarily a way to make money. It's more of a hobby. There's no way I can be the only redneck reject in the world that thinks like I do. So me podcasting is a way for me to get my ideas out. And uh, hopefully somewhere along the way, a listener will find some of what I say useful. And maybe it gives them ideas on how they can move forward with a project they have or whatever. But for me, podcasting is more of a hobby. So when I started podcasting, I didn't think about getting rich. I simply thought about sharing ideas that maybe would help somebody else out, you know, down the road. Once you get started, apply 100% of your passion into them. Don't let these side hustles fail easily. Don't give up on them easily. Put your all into it. Do every single thing you can to make it work and work well. Like I said before, if if they fall flat on their face, you can stand up, look yourself in the mirror, and at least admit you gave it your best, and that should be good enough. And if it does fall flat on its face and it does fail, don't quit. Move on to the next item on the list and try that one. Don't give up. You have to believe in yourself, and you have to be patient. And I know if you're like me, you probably don't have very many patients. I wouldn't make a good doctor. I have no patients. So, a little side humor for you. Don't give up too easily. Do everything you can to make whatever that endeavor is succeed. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Ask somebody else in that particular field, hey, how do you get so successful? How do you make this work? You don't have to necessarily tell them that I'm going to be one of your competitors, but you could get ideas from them. They, They could actually be your mentor and not realize it and give you helpful tips on, you know, How do they start their home-based business and then make it grow? Next thing to keep in mind, you are your own brand. Market yourself for success. Now, by that, I mean, keep in mind, if you're starting a home-based business, a side hustle, a multiple stream of income, however you want to word it, you are marketing whatever it is you do, whatever it is you're going to do. You're going to market yourself as your own brand. So when you get started, whatever it is you're doing, don't charge too high of a price. But at the same time, don't charge too low. Charging too high of a price, your customers will find somebody else that does the same thing that you're doing at a lower price, and they'll go with them. If you charge too low in a way that kind of shows lack of confidence you have to be confident in what you're doing don't be be afraid to prove it either whatever your side hustle is know your business be knowledgeable in what you're doing yeah for example back to the the small engine repair guy if that's going to be your side hustle make sure you know how to work on small engines this is real simple if you are going to be a baker Know how to bake. If you're going to be a landscape guy, make sure you know what you're doing. Whatever your endeavor is, be knowledgeable in that field. And be prepared to answer questions because your new customers are going to have questions. 
And one of the most important questions they're going to ask is how much you charge. So find out what the industry norm is for your area, for whatever that job is, and price yourself accordingly. As you get good and get better and get to be the best at whatever it is you're doing, you can eventually raise your prices because people will think, hey, they're worth it. I don't mind paying a little extra bit of money than the guy down the street because this guy knows what he's doing. This lady knows what she's doing, whichever. So know your business, be knowledgeable, be confident. Yet again, I can't stress this enough. Never forget this. Be prepared for a slow start. It's, it's very rare that somebody breaks into something and then overnight they're just a, a hit sensation. You, you really have to be prepared to build this from the ground up. And you're going to have to build it every step of the way. Next, dress the part. If you're a small engine repair guy, a business suit is probably not going to be what you need. If you're going to be a lawyer, well, pajamas are probably not going to be what you need. Dress the part for success. Be prepared to spend a little bit of money on either uniforms or whatever kind of clothing it is that you need to make that particular business successful. If you look the part, you dress the part, you're confident, you've already got most of this battle whooped. Now it's just a matter of go dive headfirst into it, dig your heels in, and make it count. The craziest question I'm going to have for you today, is there a better time than now to do it? The answer is no. If our commander in Queef doesn't actually sink this country into a, the next Great Depression, then no, there's no better time than right now to do this. In fact, I highly encourage you to do it right now. Right now, there's no guarantee on any job. With cootie virus going around and mask mandates and vaccine crap passports and all this other garbage going on, your job security isn't all that secure. And if what I just said hits you between the eyes, you know who you are. There are some of us that have gone and went and done all the vaccines and the boosters and got the little passports and did all that crap the government told us to do. And they've promised you job security. What they didn't tell you is that's dependent upon how many times you're going to take the vaccine and how many times you're going to take the booster. And they will allow you to keep working as long as you do as you're told. One of the best things about being your own boss is kind of hard to get fired if you own the company. In fact, that's one of the best benefits of all. As you'll find out in a minute, we're getting down to the part where I'm about to tell you my story. And it'll make more sense as to why I do this as opposed to one single source of income. And that be my sole bread and butter. But just, just be prepared for a slow start and be prepared to invest a lot of time and effort. Nothing worth having came easy. So be prepared to put yourself into it. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. We're going to get down to the boring part. I'm going to tell you my story. Now, I'm not going to get really, really in-depth into it, but to give you an idea of where I come from and why I do what I do. Back in 2006, I was going through a very nasty divorce. I was fighting for custody of my kids. And every time I would get a new job, my soon-to-be ex-wife at the time 
would call, come up with some creative lie and get me fired. And there's nothing worse than going to work only to find out you've been fired for something you didn't do. You're getting blindsided by, well, a load of crap, for lack of a better word. It doesn't take long for that to get old. So I had to sit down one day and I had to take my pen and paper out and write a list of things I think I would be good at or maybe that I would enjoy. And one of the things on my list, the the must-haves for this new job of mine had to be that I had to be the boss. I had to be the owner. That way, nobody could call and get me fired. Once again, if you own your own company, it's kind of hard to get fired if you're the owner. So that was priority number one for me. After much homework and a lot of thinking and past life experiences, you know, jobs I've had and things that I thought I were good at, what would be a good job for me? Turns out I became a process server. A lot of you know what that is. And for those of you that don't, I am the most dreaded person on the planet. I make no friends because I'm the guy that knocks on your door, hands you a summons and says, hey, you've been sued. You need to appear in court on such and such day, such and such time. Thank you. Have a good day. And while I made that sound very mundane, I'm actually very professional and very pleasant when I knock on the door. But nonetheless, this job is an outcast profession. If you think you're going to get rich from it, think again. If you're going to make a lot of friends at it, think again. You are the least favorite person next to the IRS tax collector. But you will own your own business and you cannot be fired. You will have to put yourself into that job to make clients, to make money, to make a reputation for yourself. And I've been doing it for 15 years. And I've had numerous different nicknames hung on me, one of which is the Bloodhound. I get called that because we have people that, well, you'll never find me and they disappear. So the attorneys call me and ask me to go find them. And I usually have them within a day or two. And that's how I got the nickname Bloodhound. But that's how I apply myself to that job. I put 100% of me into finding these people. The next thing I did, that was multiple stream income number one. That's where I got started was with process serving. And these other jobs that were coming up didn't happen the same day or didn't follow in the days. They came years later. I wanted to make sure I was very, very good at the first job for job security. And then I would add to it if I needed the extra income. So there's like four jobs on here. They did not happen back to back. They came in intervals as I added them. And I added them at my leisure. So process server was my first job. And like I said, I've been doing it for 15 years. A few years after I started that, I became a notary public. Now, notary public itself is not a breadwinning job. Here in the great state of Oklahoma, you're allowed to charge $5 for a notary. And if you have an office set up, say it's a home office and you've got a spare bedroom, whatever, and you've got a sign out front that says, you know, ABC notary, whatever, whatever you call it. And people come to you. The maximum you can charge is $5 per notary. And the population of the town that I live in is about 450, maybe 500. Yeah, we'll say 550 if you count the dogs and the cats. So there's not a lot of business for a notary in this little pothole of a town. 
In order to make any money as a notary, you have to travel. And this is where it gets interesting. After I became a notary, I researched every single method to use that notary to make more money. $5 pop is not going not gonna to do it for me. And I don't expect to be rich, but I needed, needed to make more than $5 at a time. So after a lot of research, I found a third source of income called Notary Signing Agent. And that's a big fancy way of saying that I go to people's homes with mortgage documents and help them with their, their mortgage process, be it a purchase, a sale, a refinance, reverse mortgages, VA loans, you name it, whatever. You can take a training course online. And I think at the time that I did it, it was like $179 for the course. And they send you a textbook and all over good stuff. When it's all said and done, you get a certificate showing that you're a certified notary signing agent. Plus, with that comes like a free year of advertisement on their website. And the notary signing agent title itself is what I was looking for. Being a notary is one thing. Yeah, I know how to watch you sign your name and I stamp it and all that good stuff saying I've checked your ID. La-di-da. That's $5 a pop. Notary signing agent, same exact thing, except with multiple documents. Documents you'll take to somebody's house range anywhere from 35 pages to 250 pages. It depends on what type of document and who the title company or the mortgage company or the lender, whoever it was, what their requirements for the paperwork is. After you take that signing agent course, a lot of that stuff is completely cleared up. It's very easy to understand. It's not near as chaotic as you might think and you get to go meet you know people that are glad to see you. now in the process serving job nobody is glad to see me except the clients other than that nobody wants to see me knock on their door as a notary signing agent everybody wants to see you because you in the end equal the money you are the person that's going to help facilitate the loan or the refinance or the sale you know whatever part of that mortgage process you're in the notary signing agent is the person that helps make it happen and like i say you get to meet some very nice very amazing people i have thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that work and i will continue to do it in fact i've recently renewed my notary and i'm fixing to renew my signing agent certificate and just keep that going the money is good the amount of money you can make really depends on how hard you want to work. I think uh, a 250-page document for me takes me almost three hours to get done. Two hours if I stop smoking and joking and carrying on with the client and you know, just kind of stick to business, you can get it done a little bit quicker. But the fees range anywhere from, say, $50, which is about a standard low for a few-page document, to... $200 for a large pay document. Of course, a lot of it depends too on how far you travel. I am not going to travel 100 miles one way for $35 for a 200 page document. That is not worth my time. I am losing money. Not going to happen. As you do the signing agent course, if that's what you want to get into, it'll explain more how to market yourself and figure out prices and per page and per mile and so on. It's, it's very, very easy to understand. And it's a very easy system to follow. Just back to the thing about dress the part. Don't show up in bib overalls and flip-flops. I mean, be professional about it. 
The last thing I've done as a source of income, and a lot of you are going to frown when I say this. I don't blame you. I'm still kind of kind of working it over in my head, too, but I became an ordained minister so I could perform weddings. And eventually, I'm sure I'll have to perform a few funerals, some baptisms. I am prepared for those when they come. But an ordained minister, if you look at the national average, an ordained minister, an officiant, to officiate a wedding, the price ranges between $500 and $800 per ceremony. Now, part of that could include the wedding rehearsal, pre-marriage counseling, so on and so forth. Now, I know the ordained minister, for a lot of you, is you're probably laughing at me at the moment or, or rolling your eyes, because I know that I've gotten pretty animated with some of my podcasts, and I've let a few naughty words slip and fly, and I do apologize for that. I should be ashamed of myself. I actually try to keep my podcast as PG as I can. But there are times I get passionate about something and it gets under my skin and it's just old habits die hard and I let a dirty word fly. So I apologize for that. But having said all that, I did become an ordained minister to help perform weddings. And I mean, you got to think about it. People get married all the time. Of course, we live in a day and age now where shack ups just fine. People have lost their family values. And part of, for me, family value involves the official I do, I do, smoochy, smoochy in front of the public to confess and profess your love for one another and to make it an exclusive permanent deal. So ordained ministry is another way you can make a little bit of money on the side. And in addition to that, you'll get to meet a lot of interesting people from different walks of life, from different types of jobs. There's so many things you can do as a process server, like I said, you're, you're pretty much the most hated person on the planet next to the IRS tax collector. As a notary, you get to make a little bit of money. Maybe you can market yourself in a different way than I did and, and do better at it. Maybe your state allows for more money than $5 per signature. Notary signing agent, that's a, a lot of fun to do that. I say fun. It, it can get stressful, but if you think about it, it's reputation. You'll get used to doing whatever type of document is you're doing. You'll be able to explain to your client, okay, this is what this paper's for, so on and so on. If you would, just please sign and date here, and then, you know, you do your thing. You notarize as you go. And then ordained minister. That was something that's I've been compelled to do for many years. And in the beginning, it had nothing to do with making money. It had to do with spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And... There are days, like I said, because of a few language issues I've had, I don't think I'd make a very good minister. But I think I could keep my cool together long enough to perform a wedding or a funeral or a baptism so on and so forth. If the multiple stream income podcast I did today has inspired you, I hope you pursue this. If this is not your cup of tea, thanks for listening. But if it did inspire you, don't forget, sit down pen and paper, write up a list of about five jobs you think you would enjoy, write the reasons why next to them, research the crap out of them, learn the do's and the don'ts, the ups, the downs, the pros, the cons, learn it, then start taking steps towards it. Don't try to do all five at the same time. Pick number one and get after it. 
when number one either becomes stable and you want to add number two to it, go ahead. If number one falls flat on its face and number two becomes primary, put all your effort into number two. Whatever it is you got to do to make it work and make it work for you. Just remember, these are endeavors that you would enjoy doing, that you get to be the boss in, that you can't be fired from. These are things that you can do at your leisure, make a little extra income, not any single one of them being the total breadwinner, but think of it more like several part-time jobs that equal a full-time paycheck. That's the way I view it. I have several part-time jobs, and combined, they do equal a pretty decent full-time paycheck. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. God bless.